Hi Mark, how you doing? I'm good, you alright? Yeah, good, yeah. We are recording the first episode of Series 2 of the Franchise Marketing We're show. back. We are back. Slightly different setup. It's a bit different. Yeah, we haven't got the sofas. Um, They're still here. There's there and there. You didn't want to use them. No, I thought this would be a bit more informal. Um, but still the same. Each each week, essentially, well, not each week, each episode, we're going to uh, tackle a different kind of marketing topic, speak to an expert, see how we can relate what we learn back into franchising to add value to franchisors. And we've got some really good episodes coming up in this series, haven't we? Yeah, we've got some really, really good guests lined up. Um, we've recorded a few already today. So we've got kind of like a, a block we've shot today. And then we've got some others coming up through... August and September, which will probably take us to the start of 2023. Wow. So today we're talking about SEO and SEO and franchising, which I think is a particularly good topic and something I'm not sure I hear spoken about enough in franchising. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, other episodes we've got coming up, we're looking at one in print media yep. um, with Richard Davies, which should be great. Um, we've got an episode around franchise shows. Yep. Simon Chicken. Simon Chicken. And who else have we got lined up? We we've got, got Zoe Hansen, who's going to be talking about podcasting. And then we've got Susie McCafferty talking about international franchising as well. So Amazing. So good, some, po- some names, some franchising names, and also some other people from outside that hopefully will bring an insight yeah, into absolutely. what they do. Well, the aim of the show really is that we, we tackle different topics, speak to an external expert, and then work out how we can add value to franchisors. So any franchisors listening to this, hopefully will get value from the different topics. And obviously today... We're talking about SEO. So I was going to surprise you to start off with, actually. Oh, blimey. And I was going to ask you to define SEO. Oh, God. You put me on the spot here. Yeah, I know. Uh, so SEO stands for Search Engine Op- Optimization. That's good. So that's... Uh, yeah, but now you've got what's the definition of Search Engine Optimization? So it's basically a way of... Um, my brain's going to be like... A way of working your website, making your website stand out on search engines. So by using keywords, um, a lot of content on your, your website as well, basically to make it seen by the people that are searching for the kind of thing that you do. Is that a roundabout way of saying it? Yeah, I've also had a bit of time to prepare. So I actually didn't look up Have you the got, definition. you literally got one written down. No, there. no, I haven't. I haven't. But I was thinking about it. I thought I'd ask you and then um, I thought I'd better give a proper answer. So um, yeah. what, I, what have you got? <laughs> <laughs> so for me, I think search engine optimization, the way I see it is all traffic that your website generates from people searching which you don't pay for yeah directly that's what i was going to say yeah Yeah, that's what i'm trying to say so obviously lots of people run paid advertising on google to drive traffic to the website but obviously people appear organically in search as well and that's essentially what seo is how do you optimize your website to appear as high in the organic search as you possibly can and uh it's an interesting topic because I think SEO has obviously been around as long as search engines have been around. So we're, we're looking back, you know, well over 20 years yeah. now, which is crazy. Um, before Google, believe it or not, what was the first search engine you ever used? Uh, I remember at school they had Ask Jeeves. Yeah, because yeah, like, it was a little butler on the advert. So everyone was very excited about that at school. Google was definitely like already a thing. Yeah, so, so Google that, was wasn't a thing then. when I first started using the internet. So Ask Jeeves was one. Yahoo was was around yeah. then, and I think the biggest one was called Alta Vista. Was it Alta Vista? Yeah, that that's probably before my time. Yeah, because you're a lot older than me. Yeah, not um, by a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> but that that was around at the po- that point in time. Now, obviously, since then, like Google have come along yeah. and and completely dominate. And <clears throat> most of the discussion today is going to be around Google. I think they in the, here in the UK, I think it's over ninety percent of all searches mm. are on Google. And there's Bing so, as well, isn't there? Bing, Bing got mentioned earlier, and I'm like. That, yeah, seven or eight, yeah. I think sort of, you know, it's well under 10% of the search traffic. So I think realistically, the, you know, the, the key for every business now is to tackle, to get as much of the traffic when people search on Google. Yeah. Um, once you master that, then you may look at other other platforms as well. But Google certainly the one which I think is important to talk around. And I mean, SEO has been funny, really, because I think the minute that people learned that you could do things to your website to appear higher on the search, yeah. um, obviously that started happening. I think in the early days... There were some, I wouldn't say, like, certainly not legal tactics, but there were things that people, you could almost hack SEO. And you could create loads of backlinks, even if they weren't particularly great backlinks. And you could do all these different things with tags and things on code on the website. To be honest with you, I'm not an SEO expert, but they're all things that people used to talk about. And I think what's happened over time, Google's obviously just grown and, and 
And the way now SEO is done is much more from a, um, well, ultimately, I think what's important to understand is that the aim of Google, and that's to show people the best possible yeah, exactly, search yeah. results of what they search for, or else people won't use Google anymore. Mm. And I think now the way SEO works is much more around Google making sure they're delivering the most, um, the result which has the best authority, the most relevance, the most trust, all of those different kind of things now, rather than the kind of little tactics you could put on a website. I don't think they're around any more, and it's much more about building authentic SEO onto a website. Yeah. Um, cool. I think so the, the other thing I've always thought with an SEO point of view is that it's very specialist isn't it like yeah so this came up in the interview actually didn't it? we were about to show but um, yeah it's, it's not really like it's something you can probably dabble in yourself but you, you would be spending so much time on it and you'd have to become an expert in it to be able to like m- make it work if you were going to do it yourself yeah so I think you do need to bring somebody in who knows what they're doing so that they can take over because you would not be able to do it on your own no and and i think the important thing now we're obviously a, a digital agency mm. um and we i understand seo and i think there's things that we could do to help people with seo however i've always believed that seo is completely a specialist topic and i'm not sure any digital agency can be brilliant at seo because it's just a completely different thing like it is a it's a sector in itself to be honest mm. and i've always taken the approach that if you're looking for someone to do really good seo for you you go to an seo only agency and and that's why today we've gone for our interview with uh, anthony from studio hawk who will obviously come in, in a minute and he is he runs a seo agency so they purely do seo for their clients um have done for many years very very successful and i think that's the key i think if you're looking for an SEO expert, it's so important to go to someone that really specialises in it. Yeah. He really knows his stuff as well. It was really interesting, wasn't it? It was. So, should we go to the interview? Let's do that. Here's the interview with Anthony. Enjoy. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Anthony uh, Barone, the MD and co-founder of Studio Hawk London. We are an SEO only agency. We do one thing, we do it well. We don't care about anything else. We just do SEO. So working with uh, SMEs and mid-sized businesses here in London to uh, yeah get them to the top of Google. Amazing. I always like that actually because I think SEO is is such a specialist service um, that I'm never quite sure how an agency can kind of do all services and SEO. Um, as, a, as an agency, it do we do a lot of things all digital, but SEO, I completely appreciate, is a, is a totally different thing. Yeah, it's, it's not rocket science, but there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, and a lot of people over the last you know, 10 or 15 years have added, on, added, added it as a bolt-on because they realize that businesses need it, but it's just like, oh, it's a bit of voodoo magic, do this, do that, and then the client gets, gets uh, you know, they think they've got their SEO, but in actual fact, it's an absolute science and you need to put a lot of time effort and uh, work in month on month to, to look after it because it's um, you know could be 80 percent of traffic for for businesses uh, online so yeah it can be a major channel it's just it's been regarded as a bolt-on in recent years and now people are really focusing on it for what's happened over the past couple of years yeah and i think that's really important i do see it as a a very separate thing to running paid search and, and all the other things that people people might do, but it often gets put into the same bracket, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And um, they, they they get a bit confused, but that's where we try and educate educate people as to what it is, uh, what's going on. You know, it's not all voodoo magic and numbers in the air. There's an actual like hard work and method, and and it can actually provide results if 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 done right. Cool. So obviously what we want to do today is just chat to you a bit about where we see some areas in franchising, which um, I think the listeners to this show will, will find of interest. Um, I think probably to set the scene, franchisors will typically have, they kind of wear two hats when it comes from a marketing point of view. They, they wear the hat as a franchisor looking to go out and recruit more franchisees. So to find people um, online who are looking at franchising that um, hopefully will come across their opportunity and become a franchisee of theirs. And then obviously the, the second hat they wear is very much the, the business itself. So they will have a business website. Typically the franchisees will have even either an area of that website, which could be their own subdomain in their local territory, or um, it could even be their own kind of microsite off, off the main site as well. Um, so if we, we'll kind of go through both, both areas if that's okay. But I just thought we'd start by talking around franchise recruitment, if, that, if that's okay. So, so typically, most franchisors will have um, 
again, either an area of their main website which will be dedicated to talking about the franchise, or indeed they may have their own separate website which is completely dedicated just to um, marketing the franchise opportunity. From an SEO point of view, because this is always a question in franchising quite often, like should should this be part of my main website and a few pages on it, or should I have a separate website dedicated to franchise recruitment? Is there benefits either way on that? Okay, so if you keep it all on the main website, the the your main website holds the authority. But if you split it out, you've got to host that website, you've got to build that website, you've got to create content for that website to to for it to get any value on search. So one of the one of the easiest ways is to keep it on your main site make it a focus on your main site and you'd have uh, internal links to that to those pages you'd make it pro- predominant on the on the home page make it easier to navigate to those pages and, and talk about on the main site because that main site has the authorities ranking for keywords people will be linking to that main site so you're probably going to get maybe quicker instant hit um, by having it on that main site if you do split it out like if you're a major major fr- like business I can understand why you'd probably split it out because you'd then have the resources content and ability to build up the SEO on that separate site but for to keep it simple have it on your main site build out sort of like maybe a franchise like a, a hub on the on the site where it's like a not that I'd say but like a, a site within a site you'd have like maybe six or seven pages dedicated to it you'd have an FAQ page you'd have all that type of stuff in that content hub section I'm um, talking about that on the main site and from an SEO perspective maintains the authority maintains the keywords you're not, di- you're not diluting yourself to a separate website um, and it keeps it all keeps it all on that main one cool which makes a lot of sense but it is kind of an age old argument yeah. in franchising should it be part of my main site should it not so um, that, that's really interesting to hear and, and when it comes to franchise recruitment websites I think one of the one of the big challenges actually is to rank for people looking at franchising because um, within the franchise sector there's a lot of uh, listing websites so aggregate type websites where um, uh, if you search franchise opportunities you'll see them all come up kind of top page of Google where franchisors can pay to, to list their franchise opportunity so I suppose the question is like how bearing in mind you've got those sites that have been around for probably a good 15 years they generate all the majority of the traffic that goes to franchising websites for all of the main search terms. Is it feasible to think that as a franchisor you could rank quite highly for those general type franchise searches? Yes, yeah, so it's going to be hard. So the, depend, the, the intent behind those keywords, if, if when you search those type of aggregators come up, it's about the intent behind those keywords. So what you would try and do is then do keyword research to understand, okay, it's going to be hard to try and rank for these general terms and Google when someone types in that general t- that term is giving the results of these aggregator lists so it's like okay what are the best franchises to buy it's going to be hard though the intent behind that is an informational one so Google is serving those aggregators what you would then probably try and do is you'd probably try and have to do some keyword research and find the niches that are related to those search terms but are not as competitive and you can try and uh, not as competitive um, easier to rank for they might not have the search volume but they're a bit more niche and creating content answering those questions try and rank for those terms that are you know sort of supplementary to those general ones because it's going to be harder to rank for those ones you know why try and reinvent the wheel a lot of people just pay and make sure that their listings on those authoritative sites are looking good so people you know interact with them and then try and find those niche questions or topics that they can create content around uh, that people may also be searching for like related topics that's one of the easier and more probably 80 20 slash uh, cost effective ways to try and target those keywords sense we, like, we often talk about people's journey as well so when they initially start looking at franchise they probably search those more general search terms franchise opportunities but but actually once they start understanding the type of franchise they want to invest in that's when there might be some keywords which are worth looking at. So they may decide they want to definitely invest in a cleaning franchise and there might be more opportunity to to work around that, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. So cleaning franchise, for example, um, you would then have content talking about the benefits of owning a franchise. You'd have all that type of content and not wholly brand focused. You want to provide that an answer to that question without being too salesy. So answering, so 
once they've done that initial research and they go to those aggregators, your website is your platform to be able to talk about this stuff and try and attract those people. So providing those insights, those industry insights, answering those questions, things like that on your own site gives you the chance to come up for those keywords, answer those questions and put yourself in the ring on search um, when others may think, oh, why, why bother? Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So there's certainly things franchisors could do around their franchise recruitment um, SEO. I think, I think often they kind of just purely concentrate on on maybe doing paid search to, to get themselves up the rankings or the listing sites but there's certainly you think there's certainly areas they could look at from an SEO point of view on franchise 100% building out the content answering those questions placing yourself as an authority instead of just like foregoing oh we're just going to have to pay for social we're just going to have to pay for this giving it a shot um, as a lower cost, sl- slower growth, like slower growth to build that authority, but as a lower cost sort of option, SEO is, is one where you can control on your own website, build your content and, and, and give it a crack. Um, and especially as things are getting more and more expensive and they need to try and, people are going to be looking at marketing budgets, people are going to be looking at uh, paid social and paid ads. SEO is one of those ones where it's lower cost and it's, it's a more sustainable organic sort of growth because you know things like PPC or pay, you know, pay, Google Ads, for example, as soon as you stop paying, you're gone or say the the aggregators start upping their prices what 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 can you do seo is one of those things that you can control um with your website and and continue to push content and and improve the website and things like that you say it's like a slower growth there as well do you have like an idea like it pretty pretty varies wildly between different businesses but do you have like an idea of how long that takes until they're properly up and running yeah, so when I say slower growth, it should be like sustainable growth. Like it's going to be, it's not going to be an instant hit like a paid ads. As soon as you pay, you're number one, job done. With SEO, it's a longer term game. So you're looking at like, say, six months onwards of constantly improving the website, adding content, um, trying to get uh, you know links from other websites that are authoritative and doing that month on month. It's like going to the gym. You're not going to get big in a day, but doing it consistently is how you get the growth and the results in SEO. Um, so, you know, different marketing channels have different sort of impacts, but SEO is that sort of longer-term, sustainable, consistent uh, channel that you can really drive a massive, you know, grab a real good market share online, but it does take time to do that because you're going up against some of the people who are already established or depending on um, the industries you're in, there's big competition there. So, yeah, SEO is that longer-term, six-month-plus, consistently working at it sort of channel. And is that something they should always be researching to say, does it change like, regularly? So that should, how often should they be keeping an eye on that and making sure they're doing the right thing? So here's one for you. So Google will do about 3,000 small updates that I don't tell anyone about throughout the year. And there's usually anywhere from two to four major core algorithm updates that they'll do. So with SEO, this is why it's a, you know, you're working at it each month because not only are you up against yourself, you're up against your competitors and you're also up against Google because Google always are changing to make their search engine better to provide the best answer and best user experience to to, to somebody um, and that means that we as SEOs and businesses who are doing SEO have to have to keep on top of it otherwise they'll get you know they get thrown by the wayside yeah and where Google don't communicate that how do you find out about what they've done this is where this is where you get some you know uh, Digital marketing tools such as uh, SEMrush and things like that, who an SEO community in general who are always on top of this, but uh, they'll have things like search results volatility monitors and they'll see that their positions are wildly changing, things like that where you can see, okay, um, and then looking at tools like Google Search Console um, to see what Google, what Google is showing, how you're performing on search because then you can go, oh, okay, these sort of keywords or these blogs have really dropped off the map. What's wrong with them? Oh, actually, they're not that informative as they could be. And then you go into Google, you plug in those keywords that you were ranking well for and go, oh, actually, Google's now ranking these three blogs top three. What's different compared to mine and theirs? Oh, they're more authoritative, they're more informative, they're longer, they're better, the website's better. So yeah, it's a lot of tr- testing and, and, and seeing what, what Google are, are doing, really. Which is why it's a completely yeah, specialist Yeah, that's topic. exactly why. It's <laughs> why you can't have it on as a, as a bolt-on to like a marketing agency because it's a world on its own. It's a massive world on its own that is only going to continue to grow financially. The amount of SEOs that are coming in the space now, the amount of agent, like SEO agencies that are developing, huge. Uh, not just in London, but around the, around the world. No, it's re- really interesting. And I think, um, I think that's very much my perception of it as well. The, um, just, just moving on to like the core, the core business of 
that franchisors have. So they, they obviously, yes, they, they're trying to recruit franchisees, but the business also has a website. So whatever their product or service will have their main, main website. Um, and the nature of that being a franchise, they'll then have multi-locations that, that sit underneath that website as well. What, what are the, I mean, it seems to me that that's very beneficial from a website point of view, that they would have that kind of multi-location structure, which is obviously part of being a franchise. Um, how much of a benefit is that? And what do franchisors need to make sure they do to ensure that is a benefit? Yeah, so, so well? like on a top level franchisor page where, you know, you've got like say 50 locations and you're talking about, you know, the franchise itself, um, location pages are key and local SEO for those ones. So making sure that on the franchisor website, you've got a dedicated page to each location, not their own website yet, that'll be for the franchisee, but on the franchisor, dedicated location page talking about maybe the history of the business, who runs it, the, maybe maybe they do something a bit different than say another another one. So having that on the main franchisor page, obviously services pages, so what they actually do, the expertise, so showcasing the authority of the franchisor website. So what is it they do, the experience, the qualifications, why? Like you also with the content on the SEO front, you've got to also bring in the brand, the story, having great copy and then SEO as well with it. So great content. Services pages, about us page, team pages, um, a blog. So because the franchisor is going to be a bit different to the franchisee, you may not be talking about so much like, so say if you're running a cleaning franchise, you may have like 20 or 30% content dedicated to cleaning, but then because as a franchisor, you're trying to attract people to you know, buy the franchise or why they should invest and things like that. Maybe 60, 70% of your blog content may be a bit more industry insights and maybe not C, like C-suite, higher level sort of, um, content targeting those people who will be at that level to have the money to invest or want to invest. So it's a bit different compared to say a franchisee site where you're talking more about the actual cleaning and you might have more like the content on that franchisee site may be 70% about cleaning and things like that and maybe 20% sort of industry, 20, 30% industry insights. And, and, and the structure of that website to make sure that the franchisor is going to gain maximum benefit out of the multi-locations. Would you have them as um, each location having their own area of the website? Um, would it be a case they have, uh, you would want them on the same domain name, I suppose, that, that's kind of the yeah, It's a bit of both. So I, I look at things like, I know Apple's a bit different, but if you look at international SEO in different locations around the world they serve, they use subfolders, so they keep it all on Apple, right? So do ASOS. But um, if you want to give them a bit of flexibility, you could have like microsites, whereby, you know, all of it looks pretty much the similar, but then they, you limit to what uh, the franchisee can change and the franchisor just sets the, sets the standard. But in terms of the structure, location pages, making sure that on your main franchisor page, you, you are talking about each location and it's very easy to add those locations and the way you structure it. So whether it be like by regions or by countries, um, and then I click on to say UK and then you have like different regions and it takes me through to that franchisee in that um, spot. If you say are trying to open up new locations, you would maybe have a different section. Be like, hey, we're looking to recruit and attract people in these areas. So you'd have maybe a similar location hub where you'd say, hey, there's opportunities in these areas and try and target search terms around like cleaning franchises in Bath, right? Or want to buy, you try and target keywords like that. Um, and then from the franchisor's perspective to be able to give an opportunity to their franchisees, yeah, microsites potentially where it's still under the same I've had this before where it's still under the same domain, but the it's still the microsites whereby the franchisee can add things and you can still see it as a franchisor, where it's still all the branding's the same, it all looks slick, but it's essentially a bunch of smaller websites within uh, the major website and their classes subfolders. So it'd be like, you know, franchisee.com forward slash location. And it looks like it's all, it's all on the same domain, but it's whatever content is coming off that subfolder is essentially a microsite and the franchisee can can tweak and add things, but you as a franchisor can set the standard and set the tone really. And I think I think I would say the majority have that, that kind of structure in place. Um, I come across the odd franchise that doesn't have maybe pages for their franchisees, like local pages, but I suppose what we're saying here, that's the absolute key, which however you achieve that, the key is that each location has their own area yeah, on the, the franchisor page, even just having that one page talking about that franchise, it's not going to be the whole website, but it's going to be that one page. You can lead them to your to your franchisee's website or that microsite or whatever 
a link to that. But yeah, on that franchise or website, having that location page talking about, hey, we've got this franchise in this location. Um, and then it leads a user or someone to go to that, uh, go to that franchise. So yeah, trying to take advantage of, of, uh, of both on the franchise or side and the franchisee side. Well, one of the things which in franchising has become, uh, I suppose it probably has in SEO in general, um, but certainly in franchising, the nature of being multi-locations is the importance of listings. So Google My Business listings and um, all kind of listings that can be found online. How, how important is that now when it comes to SEO? And, and what are the kind of key things that, that franchise all should be Huge, because if you've got a physical location, even if you don't have a website, that, that Google My Business uh, listing and trying to get placed on business directories or ratings directories, huge. Because one, it's social proof. Two, you can target location-based searches. So, you know, cleaning franchise bath again, right? That, that listing, if it's built up, if it's organized correctly, if it's got all the correct consistent information, photos, reviews, business description, all those elements of a, of a Google business listing, uh, there you're doing the best job you can to try and target those local searches. So for a franchise, you would want to make sure that every place, or franchise or every place has consistent information, branding, images across um, that... Yes, the franchisee will have some control over it, but someone from you know head office will keep an eye on it. Um, that when there's when they when they're, they're keeping an eye on the reviews from all these locations because that helps one the social proof because people look at that and go, well, the reviews are great, I want to go and engage or whatever. Um, or if the reviews are no good, it's a bad look on the business as well. So keeping an eye on that, making sure they're responded to, reviewed to. Uh, responded to and keeping an eye on those reviews as well. And then from the business business directories, uh, what Google does is they look at those websites. So say a Trustpilot or Yelp or whatever, they'll look at those websites and go, okay, is the information consistent? Is the phone number the same on that website as it is on the uh, uh, as it is on the listing as it is on the website? Um, because wherever, even regardless of an SEO perspective, wherever your business or your franchise or whatever, wherever it is showcased, you want to make sure that if someone looks at that. They get the correct address, they get the correct phone number, they get the correct branding, they get it all. So that when they see it, they know that it's you and not someone else and that you have control over it. So yeah, all those directories are great. All those listing ratings ones, or well, the most you know, authoritative ones, controlling them, keeping an eye on them, making sure they're responded to, and your Google My Business listings for local search and social proof, 100% you should be, you should be looking after them and making sure that they're all streamlined from a franchisor perspective and um, that they're all being looked after in terms of responding to reviews and kept up to date. And as you can imagine, within some franchise networks, um, because obviously Google, my business listings, have been around for a long time, um, but maybe the weight of importance hasn't been as great over the years. If we go back five or six years ago, maybe people didn't see the benefits of Google, my business listings as much. So what's happened in a lot of franchise networks, you could have 100 franchisees and you've been around 10 years. Um, and maybe you didn't control the listings. So you've had franchisees historically set up their Google My Business listings all around the country. Some franchisees may leave, they may sell their business. Um, they're probably listed individually in each territory in 20 different places, so there's so much content. So as you can imagine, in some franchise networks, actually control of this listings management is, is an absolute nightmare. Now others, I think lots have done work to try and obviously start bringing that into control, but that, that's a massively important thing for a franchisor, isn't it? If you've got lots of rogue listings out there or, or you're not quite sure what can be found. Exactly, so making sure that you get control of all of those with duplicate, duplicate listings, making sure that you know there's only one for that area. Because if you have two or three, because you know, maybe the franchise got sold on or something, uh, and someone didn't have access to the previous one, now they've made a new one, you're diluting your authority and then you're splitting it. And then Google won't know which one to which one to try and serve. There was one from five years ago with 10 reviews or there's a new one now, you'll struggle. So yeah, just making sure that you try and get, try and wrestle control. And with Google business listings these days, you can create location groups, you can you know easily bulk upload information, things like that. So as long as you've got like uh, ownership level access or you, you become the primary owner of all those ones and then your franchisee has ownership level or management level, um, they can still make all the changes they need to, but you as a franchisor have control. Um, and then just making sure that in your communi communications with new franchise owners or current franchise owners, don't make new listings. We've already got these ones here. Just communicating with them to see what they've actually got and what they can work with. So, and one question that comes up quite a bit actually when, when it comes to listings, um, obviously if you're a storefront or you're a physical location, 
then your Google My Business listings it, listing is, is very clear. Your, your, you know, your address is your address where you operate from and, and it, it shows in that way. Some franchisees are, are not necessarily a location-based business. Let, let's take it, we, we keep using the example of cleaning franchise, but it's probably perfect in this example. They, they probably don't have an office or a physical location. They, they may work from home, but they cover a territory. Within your Google My Business listings, I know you can kind of put a territory that you operate from. Are they still as valuable for those type of, so are, are listings, Google My Business listings, as valuable for a kind of service-based territory as they physical are? Location physical is going to be stronger because they've got that location there. You can yeah. leverage it more. But service-based for sure, you can still do well by putting those specific territories in. And this is where the location pages on a website, say, can help to add authority or add some consistency. Um, with those listings. So even though if you run a service-based location, you put, I think the max you can put on business listings like 20 locations. Um, don't go overboard. So some people just put like UK. Try and keep it local. So like, again, um, so like if you've got Hackney, you've got, okay, like Angel, Shortage, like little, like keeping the suburbs around. So keeping it like that. So it's really clear as to what the services you offer rather than just trying to spread yourself too thin because there will be other franchises that cover those locations. So every service business, service business should have a Google listing. Uh, the address won't be shown, so you can honestly use a home address as long as it gets a postcard and you make it clear um, that it's a service-based, no address will show, and it just goes and it'll just have, it'll go off the locations that you put in there, but it's still very important. No, that, that's really useful, because I know that question comes up a lot for, for more service-based businesses. So. Just kind of looking at SEO in general, um, you've already kind of touched on the fact that it, it's ever changing and um, keeping on top of it's pretty hard. How do you how do you see? Are there are kind of any major upcoming changes that you know about, or is it a case of Google are kind of constantly keeping everyone on their toes? Um, and what does the kind of future of SEO look like over the next I don't know three to five years? I know it's, yeah. it, it can change so much; it's hard to maybe. Now, look I, too far I always go that. with the three the three pillars. So the three pillars of SEO are technical. So your website making sure that's nice, clean, easy to use for Google and users. The second is content, so talking about what is it you do and trying to do the best and answering the questions. And the third is links, so getting links from authoritative websites pointing to you. They're the three pillars. I think technical, it's gonna get more and more complicated. So there's more, so a lot more people are using Shopify and there's more uh, content management systems that are developing. Uh, and as you grow your businesses, you're going to be using either Magento or other different platforms, or you need a custom solution, which gets more and more complicated. And as more and more technical things happen, you need more and more people, more and more issues happen. So I think on the technical perspective, people are getting uh, using more complex sort of platforms, better platforms, but more complex platforms that need knowledge. On the content front, um, Google is really pushing things like uh, exp well, what they call EAT, which is expertise expertise, authority, and trust. So and uh, so, making sure that the content that you're putting on your websites is well-researched, is authoritative, is written by people who have real-life authority and showcasing that. So it's gonna be a real continued focus on authority and trust of content and doing, doing your job in making sure you're letting Google and users know, hey, so for example, on a medical website, you've written a piece on like, you know, um, should I take paracetamol? Well, if that's just written by some, some random, well, it's not gonna have as much authority as if it was written and reviewed by a medical, uh, a doctor, reviewed by a medical, you know, a medical journalist or something like that. Um, somebody, somebody like Healthline, for example, if you go onto one of their blogs, they have reviewed that and reviewed that and they're telling Google, this is written by so-and-so, it's been reviewed. And that's them doing their job to showcase to Google, hey, this has been well-researched and well-reviewed. So I think over the next three to five, it's gonna get more complicated in terms of technical, so making sure your website is great from a user experience perspective, it's easy to, it's easy to use and it's um, not too complicated. Second is content. Content, content, content. Being able to provide quality answers, insights, and well-researched content so that Google can trust your website, can trust your answers because you've done the legwork to showcase to Google, hey, this is who wrote this, this is, this is how authoritative it is. So they're gonna be, the, for me, the biggest two and what we try and push here at Studio Hawk in terms of like making sure the technical is really clean and always having a great content focus and making sure we provide great uh, recommendations and things around that. Someone, someone brought this up years ago and I've never really asked about it, um, but say if you had the same video and you had it in different, like on different geographic websites, but it was just named different, so say it was like Basingstoke, Andover, Southampton, would, the, would you be uh, penalized for that? 
from an SEO standpoint? It depends, because most videos should these, yeah, most videos these days, honestly, you should be hosted on YouTube, or some people do Vimeo, um, just because they've got great compression and it won't slow down your website. Um, no, I haven't had that question before. I'm not, I'm not sure. If you're going to be pulling it from YouTube, it's all going to be the same video, and the title on your own website is just different. So if it was the, the same video, but it was uploaded multiple times, and then like the title was different, so it was uh, like, okay. Basis, so Southampton, Birmingham. Well, from an SEO perspective, you're doing that with text, right? And the text is all the same. Yeah. You'd get done for, you'd get done for duplicate, because um, you know I see this same text on the Basingstoke site as I do on the you know Bath site, even though it's the title's different. Ninety-nine percent of the context, content is the same, so you'll get you'll get your copper. But I haven't had that one okay. with the video. That's an interesting one. I can't. Yeah, I haven't. That's I can't give you an answer. I'd have to ask someone. I'd have to ask someone. <laughs> Actually, just on the duplicate content, because that—that's obviously a, a, again another big thing within franchising. So, <clears throat> if a franchisor does have their their main website, then each location has a spin-off kind of version of that site. Um, the content inevitably is is the same most of the time. So the service pages will be the same. The, um, you know, lots of elements of the website. Is there a way around that, or is that actually a major issue? Uh, it, it will be a bit of an issue, so this is where you look at uh, working in templates. So looking at, um, so even though the content will be like 80% the same, there's got to be something 20% different, 30% different about that location. So even though you've got um, this burger franchise, and it might be creating the same burgers, but that location is going to be different. So that 20, 30% of that content on that page will be talking about that location, and it changes it a bit. So yeah, but with with franchises like that, you all run into that. Um, but yeah, this is where you try and look at the talking about the location uh, and the area to make it different. So you know, Basingstoke is going to be different to Bristol, um, but eighty percent of the content will be the same. And then from an SEO perspective, you'd look at things like um, canonicals. So if the content is exactly the same uh, on both on two different URLs. What a canonical is or a canonical tag is essentially you're telling Google, hey, this is the URL that we want you to rank in search. So if you've got five pages that are the same, four, so one's the number one that you want to keep, four will be there and it can be accessed, but on those four other pages, you'd have a little tag with the URL of this first one saying, hey, Google, I know these four are all the same, but when you're, when you're looking at these, please rank this number one one. Um, so that's what you can do, but that's yeah, that's another, that's a long conversation for another day in terms of how websites are set up and and things like that. I feel like we've kind of very quickly skipped over a lot of different elements of of yeah. what is a massive subject uh, and probably could be a show on its own. But um, I found the conversation massively interesting and valuable, and I think lots of franchisors watching this, um, there's tons of things for them to consider. Uh, if anyone's kind of got any questions, what, uh, what's yeah, the best way to reach out? Uh, I'm to? on LinkedIn, so Anthony Brone, or uh, email, so anthony at studiohawk.co.uk. Uh, and yeah, always up for a chat if anyone's got any questions. Uh, can always, uh, you know, we've got resources, we've got our own uh, Hawk Academy platform, which is a full basic to advanced SEO platform with videos, modules, quizzes uh, that we train our juniors on and have partnerships with universities. Uh, so yeah, but feel free to add us on LinkedIn or shoot us an email and more than happy to chat. So before we talk about Anthony, I think the, the big news from the past week is Adam's got a, uh, a new toy. Oh yeah, my remarkable it is, it is actually <laughs> remarkable. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Anyone who's watching, mean nothing if you listen to this on the podcast. Um, here it is. Yeah, this is rubbish for, for audio uh, podcast fodder. Yeah. But um, yeah, I came into work yesterday and Adam, has, Adam needed to show me this uh, Remarkable. So what is it and how does it work? We're not sponsored by Remarkable. But uh, Remarkable, if you are watching or listening, feel free to reach out and I'm sure Adam will, will happily yeah. talk about your product. Well, funny enough... Um, I think lots of people have got them already, actually, because I, I and everyone that I, it's almost like once you get one, you become a disciple. It's one of those type of products, and then you yeah. tell everyone else how amazing it is. And um, I've heard lots of people I know in business kind of talking about the fact they've had remarkables and it, it's transformed how they work, etc. Uh, the reason I got it is I'm dyslexic, so I find um, typing long things really hard and and looking at a screen all day and typing. So I've always kind of looked for something where you could write and then it converts you're writing yeah. into text and um, Remarkable does it in a remarkable way. So it's really cool. Um, it literally feels like you're kind of writing on 
on paper as well. And then it does convert it into, into text. So actually, I've been replying to emails by writing and then just sending them, which has been pretty cool. What is the recommended retail price of this particular <laughs> item? They're not cheap, actually. <laughs> but, but what essentially is a kind of tablet that only you can write on yeah. um, with some other kind of small features. You certainly can watch a film on it or play a game on it. It doesn't have anything along those lines. Um, they, they're they not cheap. I think it's about £500. That's more than I pay for my iPad, and it does less. Yeah. But it, it does do- something my iPad doesn't do. Yeah, it, it's... Yeah. It, I think they are, they are quite a premium product, but... You're a premium so kind of guy. Yeah, well, so, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but so so far, um, I really like it, and it's. Um, I think anyone that kind of likes writing or finds that just staring at a computer screen yeah. all day takes away any type of creativity, or it just becomes a bit of a drag. Which I found, um, if I had to write a long document, I found it hard. I, I, yeah, it's been great. Maybe check in again next month to see. How yeah, I find we'll, it we'll come back next month to talk about how Adam's remarkable is going. Uh, and if anyone knows anyone from Remarkable, feel free to put us in touch because uh, uh, yeah. I'd like one for free it's as been, a sponsor. Well, funny enough, they were on Kickstarter, weren't they, a few years ago? Oh, were they? Ago. Yeah, yeah. And is that's this the thing? Paul's, Paul's got one of these as well. No, so. but I think he wants one. He's got one. a similar one. I think, yeah, I think everyone, got in, the down market everyone one. in the business wants one now. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, no, very good. I would highly recommend them. If anyone's got any questions about Remarkable, feel free to uh, to <laughs> contact me. <laughs> Should we put your email address? <laughs> yeah, email address here. <laughs> Back to the interview, mm. the serious business of uh, what was your main takeaways from uh, talking to Anthony? Uh, I thought it was brilliant. And um, what I really like about interviewing people from outside of the franchise sector yeah. is I, th- I think they bring new ideas into what we're talking about as well. And I think he, he really grasped that he totally understood the concept of, of how a franchise or would have their website and the different kind of needs. Like you spoke almost instantly in like the multi-locations and, and technical web setup, which I thought was great. Um, I, I thought, I thought there was loads of good tips in there. I, yeah. it, I think like we said at the end, it, it's a, such a massive topic that you probably could have a whole series if you're getting into technicalities yeah, yeah. of everything. But I thought the headline things were really interesting. I thought his bit around the franchise recruitment website, whether it should be part of your main website or a standalone website was really interesting because I don't think there's ever been a right or wrong with that in terms of what a business wants to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it changes for every business. Some companies don't want their franchise opportunity all over their main website because they feel it may um, take away from their main offering. Yeah. Um, others want to piggyback the success of their main business to do have franchising on their website. There isn't a right or wrong. I think it's different for everyone. But I've probably never really thought about that the answer to that question from a technical SEO point of view. Mm. So the fact that he could see the advantage of having it part of your main website was really interesting. Like that, that's something I hadn't thought of from a kind of SEO point of view. Yeah. I thought his, the way he described the setup of a core business website was really interesting. And uh, there were a few kind of little tips in there, which I hadn't heard before, which I think would. That's would always good. Cause like you, when you do these kind of podcasts and interviews, you always kind of hear the same things mm. again and again. Like I always hear that like YouTube's the second biggest search engine, but then like we heard on the TikTok episode, like TikTok's going up. Yeah. So like people are just parroting the same stuff every time. So to hear from someone who's like, because we said we said to him like, how often does it change? And it like changes all the time. And I think he's sort of recognizing that, and we heard that from him. Yeah. And that, and I think the the volume of changes. I think he's right. Like Google push out, they do it on uh, paid ads as well, but they push out so many updates every year mm. without telling everyone Google don't really communicate these things they don't need to mm. and um, to try and keep on top of that internally in your own business or or an agency trying to keep on top of that if SEO isn't your main focus is impossible like yeah. it's ever-changing isn't it and I think again that goes back to why having SEO specialists is so important so I thought I thought that was really 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 kind of good what you said I think what was kind of refreshing as well is kind of content is king is still it's still very much a thing because yeah. we that's what everyone's preached online for a long time now that actually the content that's on the website is crucial. And I thought the bit about, and it, it's a phrase in a slightly different way, isn't it? But I think it's pretty clever. Like when you think about it, if you can get your website answering the key kind of questions people have that they're probably searching yeah. around and have that kind of very authentically on the website, that's going to help your SEO. It makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, when you think mm. about it? because um, actually Google's hunting websites for answers if you're supplying those answers to the, 
the most yeah, common yeah. questions that that's going to help and like constantly working on it constantly updating it and like he said like some blogs you make might not be relevant but then they become more relevant as google changes stuff yeah so like if you're constantly on top of it then it becomes a little bit easier but it's a lot of work that goes into it and as you said you sort of need that expert advice there as well yeah i think there's two i think there's two elements of it i think the, the technical setup of a website is something that every business should gain some sort of advice on. So mm. you want to make sure that your, especially as a franchisor, you want to make sure that your website is technically set up in a way that Google's going to like it yeah. and it's going to index it and it's going to benefit all your franchisees. Every time you open a new location, they become part of that. And technically they're set up in the best way from day one to gain um, as much traction as they can in search. So there's that kind of technical thing, which I think is the, the fundamental, like every every franchise all needs in place. The ongoing SEO is more of an optional, I think. And um, <clears throat> I don't think there's many businesses that probably do enough on that. And and I think if, if you're a franchisor that has a marketing levy, it's a brilliant place to focus your attention because actually by you developing the ongoing SEO and, or uh, authority of that website, it's going to benefit you, all of your franchisees locally yeah. which obviously then benefits you as well so i think it's something where it feels to me like if you're looking for activities to really valuably use that marketing levy seo i think is a good a good place to be looking but benefits the network as a whole mm. yeah cool anything from the chat that you thought was interesting um so just about like creating the content regularly was like the thing that sort of stuck with me like because like I create videos all the time and I think that sort of helps. And like you said about in terms of video, YouTube or Vimeo, and I've just moved over to Vimeo. So I think that'll be a, mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to see where that moves and if that like helps or anything like that. So that'll be interesting. I quite like the chat around the future as well, because um, yeah, this is something that'll be in a future episode. This, this <laughs> yeah. wasn't in this episode, but we're doing so, one oh, towards the end of the year about, yeah, the future of everything. We're asking all guests the same question. What's yeah. the future of your expertise? Yeah. So apologies, I was about to talk about that. We'll talk I should, about it. We can yeah, tease yeah, it yeah, okay. for the December but episode. I, what, what I kind of like the way you spoke about the future is actually, if you go out and speak to lots of people in the digital space, in five years' time, the internet's going to be completely different. Mm. People are going to be living in the metaverse and like the, you know, no one's going to type into Google anymore. And I think that's too far. And we, we always speak about that, don't we? That yeah. actually probably... Fast forward 20 years, things will be completely different, but maybe five years, they'll be marginally yeah, different. five years goes really quick, doesn't it? Exactly. And I think he, I think um, what Anthony was saying about where he sees things in five years, it's just a kind of evolution of where we are now rather than a radical change. Yeah. And I think going back a couple of years, people said that, you know, voice search was going to completely take everything mm. over. And by now, you know, everyone will be searching completely by voice. And I think he was much more realistic on that. And the message was really that things probably will be similar, but more focus is going to have to go on to the technical yeah. kind of setup and et cetera. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then lastly, which I think is a massive thing for franchisors, if this is something as a franchisor and you're listening and you haven't yet got control over this or you haven't yet put a lot of focus into it, and that is around your Google My Business listing yeah. and all other listings that you have on the internet because they now are kind of the bedrock of a lot of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of franchisors, certainly more established franchisors, where actually over years they've had franchisees set up Google My Business listings. They've got hundreds of listings all over the place that they might not have control on, that they're not quite sure what's out there. It, that is going to massively impact the SEO. So if it's something you don't have control of, it's definitely a project to start looking at to, to get back in control of that. If you're not actively um, working those Google My Business listings to get them um, as valuable as they could be, it's a it's kind of a bit of a low-hanging fruit, I think, yeah. within the franchise sector, especially if you're a location-based business. Mm. So if you're a, a, a restaurant or whatever it may be, you have a premises, then that to me is a, a key marketing activity for a franchisor now. That's a, good, that's a good tip for that from that episode. That's something to take home. It is. It's, it's a huge one. I really think it is. Cool. So. What, what have you got going on, Mark? What's well, uh, I was going to talk about what you've got going on, which was because um, I've got some footage that I was trying to sort of put into a video from when we went on um, 
a run around London for the, during the E with. Oh, of course, yeah. So I was trying to like put that into an episode, like into a, like a bit of an inside coconut thing. But it was just just footage of us running and there's not us talking. So yeah, for, it feels a bit boring. If you t- if you tell us about what you're doing in terms of your running and run, you because know, you're yeah. training to run the London Marathon. Yes, running the London Marathon on the oh I should know the date. Should I? It's the fourth or fifth of October. Yeah. So there's only a couple of months away. Um, the training's going all right, although I've had a bit of a virus the last couple of weeks, yeah. so um, haven't run as far What's as... What's the training like now? Well, August is like the heavy training time, so I should yeah. be running like, oh, it's 50, 60 miles a week during August, um, yeah. and I just, yeah, I, I've had to have a couple of weeks off, which has been a bit of a nightmare, but... Yeah, back at it. But yeah, we went for a run. So we went to the yeah. EWIF Awards, didn't we? And um, John Davies from Fast Signs was staying yeah. in our hotel. And uh, over a beer that evening, we said we were going for a run in the morning. Yeah, you said this at 1am when I'd been asleep for about three hours by that point. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I'm definitely going to join you in the morning. And I, I, I couldn't work out if he was being serious or not. Yeah. Um, but he had actually brought his running gear and uh, we went for a run. We it's did all logoed up, Fast Signs, everything. He was running. wearing his Fast Signs uh, gear. Fast Signs. Make your statement. <laughs> and we ran um, the last three miles of the London Marathon. Um, yeah. I was about to say track, route. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a track. Uh, route, which was really cool. So we finished up by um, Buckingham Palace. Yeah, um, so we did like Tower Bridge to Buckingham Palace and then sort of back a different route. Yeah, yeah. So it was about seven miles. It was. It was a good run, though. Yeah. It was really good. And John um, was great company on the run. It was, it it was, was cool. good, yeah. It was a good laugh. Yeah, and then I don't know if he went running that evening or not because he said he was going with his wife. Yeah, I'm not but sure. John, if you're watching, let us know in the comments. And that was a great day at the EWIF Awards it was good, as well. Yeah. Really good. Um, anyone listening that wasn't there, um, there was just I just thought the speakers on the day yeah, they were, were good, weren't they? Absolutely phenomenal. Um, pretty emotional as well, mm. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, but it was a great day, and um, yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Good stuff. Well, thanks, Mark. I hope everyone listening's found some value from that. I think the message is from an SEO point of view is that there's lots of things you can be doing as a franchisor and lots of benefits you can get from doing that, but probably getting the fundamentals in place, the technical setup of your website, your listings in place is probably the place to start, which I think everyone needs to be looking at. Yeah, so I'll put Anthony's details in the comments so you'll be able to see them somewhere. If not, just let me know and I'll send you, I'll connect you with him. But yeah, and thank you, Anthony, for coming on to the show as well. Yeah, thank you very much, Anthony. Cool. And then next time, we'll be back in roughly a month with, I'm not sure what order I'm going to put them in yet. Suspense. Either Simon, Richard, Susie or Zoe. One of them. Right. Good. That'll be good. Yeah, yeah. It will be good. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. See you you next next month. See you next time. Bye.